We'll read a section from the Holy Week account. We will say a prayer. We will sing a hymn verse. And we will repeat. And in this way, we'll kind of work through these most important events of the last days of Jesus' life without having a 15-minute long reading all at once. Um, so these are all pretty short readings topically throughout the week. We begin on Tuesday, Holy Tuesday. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. We pray. Dear Jesus, you came to this earth and suffered many things. This is one of the reasons we can relate to you. You are a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. You even suffered betrayal at Judas, one of your closest friends, at the hand of one of your closest friends. Thank you, Jesus, for enduring all of this pain for us. And make us confident that even if every earthly friend forsakes us, you never will. You will stick by us and stand up for us, guiding us on earth and interceding for us in heaven until we finally reach the eternal life that you prepared for us. Thank you, Jesus, for enduring betrayal so that we might have you as our best and eternal friend. Amen. We'll sing through a few uh, Holy Week songs, one verse at a time. Our first song is, He Will Hold Me Fast.
to Thursday, the day when Jesus with his disciples does kind of the big highlight event of the week. They celebrate the Passover meal. For Jewish people, the Passover day lasted 24 hours from Thursday night to Friday night. It's absolutely amazing that during that 24-hour period, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, was arrested, had two trials, was crucified, and died. There's so much beautiful symbolism to the Passover. The Old Testament Passover, that lamb who saved God's people, all pointing ahead to Jesus, the perfect Passover lamb. He's about to start a very busy 24-hour block during which he rescues all humanity from our sins. So on Thursday, on the first day of the Festival of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. And Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go, just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. We pray. Dear Jesus, you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You are the Savior, the Messiah, that the Jewish people had spent thousands of years waiting for. Fill our hearts, Jesus, with faith in you. Remind us, whenever we feel guilty and ashamed because of our sins, that we have full and free forgiveness, because we have been washed by the holy precious blood of the Son of God himself. Let your washing and your forgiveness empower us to live lives that honor you. Amen.
We pick up after dinner. The disciples and Jesus have left their Passover meal. It quickly becomes clear that while Jesus knows exactly what is going to happen to him tonight and tomorrow, his disciples do not. We begin at verse 31. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have arisen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, so James and John, along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you've come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. We pray. 
Dear Jesus, we are unable to even imagine the pressure and anxiety that you felt in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing that you were about to suffer God's punishment for all the sins of the world, knowing that if you wished, you could step away from that punishment at any time, and yet willingly choosing to endure it for us. Lord Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, you suffered alone. Even your disciples fell asleep on you. Remind us that by your grace, we are never alone. Even in the depths of our guilt and fear and our anxiety, even if all of our friends forsake us, you are here. You are with us. You love us. And given the choice between freedom and suffering, you chose suffering so that we in exchange could enjoy freedom. Thank you, Jesus, for committing to your mission in the Garden of Gethsemane. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Amen. trial, the Jewish leaders find Jesus guilty for the crime of blasphemy, the crime of a mere man claiming to be God. It's an ironic charge for Jesus since, of course, he actually is the Son of God. We continue in Matthew's Gospel, beginning at verse 57. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. 
Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you? Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway, where another servant girl saw him, and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately, a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken before the rooster crows, You will disown me three times. And he went outside, and he wept bitterly. We pray. Dear Jesus, we see such a contrast between your behavior and Peter's, and we relate so much to Peter. You bow your head and willingly accept mockery and abuse that you don't deserve, remaining silent even while you are falsely accused of blasphemy, while Peter, on the other hand, is willing to actually blaspheme God and call down curses on himself just to avoid being associated with you. How far you were willing to go to rescue us from sin, and yet how quick we are to turn from you as soon as the going gets tough. Forgive us, Lord, for all the times that we've been ashamed to be connected with you. And thank you, Lord, for enduring so much suffering so that you could be eternally connected to us. Amen. to death for blasphemy, but they can't execute anyone without Roman permission. 
And so they take Jesus to the governor's palace for a completely new trial. They switch the charges from blasphemy to treason, and they begin to put increasing pressure on the governor to not only have Jesus killed, but specifically to have him crucified, a punishment that was typically reserved for the very worst of criminals. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony that they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. I don't know if you ever knew that Barabbas' first name was Jesus. It kind of explains a lot about this trial. His name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one, you know, which Jesus do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew that it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife had sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, His blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. We pray. Dear Jesus, it's so unfair, so unjust, so terrifying. We see you standing in front of a hateful mob with no one standing up for you and everyone crying out for your blood. It's unfair, because you are the pure and holy Son of God, the only perfect person to ever live. You don't deserve this. Remind us, Jesus, that you understand hatred and injustice better than anyone in the world. You experienced more hatred and injustice than anyone in the world, and yet you endured it all in perfect love to take away our sins. Jesus, this Holy Week and Easter season, we ask that the message of your love would comfort and encourage all those who are experiencing hatred and injustice. We also ask you to forgive us for all the times we have been hateful and unjust. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us so much that you would endure all the ugliness of human hatred in our place. Amen.
The governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now, if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. We pray, dear Jesus, Isaiah prophesied that you would be a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. And on the cross, we see you suffering in every way possible. The agony of crucifixion, the loneliness of being rejected by your friends, the shame and humiliation of being mocked by your enemies. And most of all, as we will hear in the next verses, rejection from your heavenly father himself as you suffer his penalty for human sin. And you did all of it for us so that we could be free. Free from sin, free from guilt, free from shame, free from hell, and free from all suffering when we enter glory with you one day. Lord Jesus, the words thank you don't seem nearly adequate to express our feeling for what you've done. Help us, Jesus, not only with our words, but also with our lives to express our gratitude that you were willing to endure an eternity's worth of suffering, that we might be rescued and freed. Amen.
From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of their tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. These next verses are important because they bear special implication for what happened on Easter. The next day, so Saturday, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. We pray. Dear Jesus, for nearly 1,500 years, first in the tabernacle, then in the temple, a curtain always separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the place. The people's place were separate from God's place. The curtain in your temple symbolized the wall, the barrier, the division caused by our sin. But Jesus, when you died on the cross for our sin, you tore that barrier down. Our sins no longer separate us from God. We are children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Help us, Jesus, to live and breathe and move in the freedom of that connection. Fill us with joy as we pray to our Heavenly Father, knowing he will always hear us. Fill us with peace as we repent of our sins, knowing that each time we are forgiven. Fill us with hope as we look forward to the place that has been prepared for us in heaven. All these things are ours because you made atonement and tore down the barrier and connected human beings with God once again. 
Help us, Jesus, to live every day in the light of what has happened to us. No matter what struggles may enter our lives, we know we are children of God through faith in you. Amen.